0: I just want to say that you have got to be the most insipid, ridiculously idiotic, moronic person I have ever heard on any form of media. Exiled by society, friends, lovers, and terrestrial radio. A guy with literally nothing left to lose. For 15 years, he's been telling it like it is. This is the zip code famous Michael Groff Show. needs to stop talking. That's today's PSA. Thank you. That's the show. Good night, everybody. Really, the more he talks, the closer he inches to sounding even more frightening than Donald Trump. The guy is... I, I really thought even though I wasn't going to vote for him, when I first heard Ben Carson was in this race. I was like, oh, who's Ben Carson? Oh, neurosurgeon. Okay, political outsider. Cool. Seems smart. But then he started to open his mouth, and I just sort of... The first debate, I wasn't totally against the guy, but I'm telling you, I just... Every time he talks, it's like, oh, he doesn't believe in evolution. Oh, he's one of these Seventh-day Adventists. Oh, he's... He's... um, Oh, he is a neurosurgeon, but doesn't seem to buy into any sort of healthcare system whatsoever and I guess he's all right with the insurance companies. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. Uh, He has a flat tax plan, but he's not really sure about how the numbers would work out. He apparently doesn't know how to do math. He's a neurosurgeon, but doesn't know how to do math and doesn't know anything about evolution. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, There you go. So, Today's PSA. Ben Carson, please shut up. Thank you. Actually, no. Delete that. Keep talking. People need to know that they probably shouldn't vote for you. You're probably a decent neurosurgeon. Although, from what I've been reading, there's stuff coming out that he's a bad neurosurgeon too. Now, I don't know. Uh, I, I read... Here's one about... He did this procedure in 1995 on somebody, and they, the, the person that he did this procedure on, uh, I guess, is wound up being paralyzed on the left side of her body. And it's one of those things where it was a risky procedure. The family wasn't necessarily okay with it, but they, I guess, said sure, um, knowing that there was a risk. The risk, of course, wound up to materialize. Person was paralyzed. They they're suing Ben Carson along with there's other people that are suing him too. But look, if you're a doctor, you're going to get sued. All right, if you're especially if you're a neurosurgeon, you're going to get sued at some point. Uh, that's why you have medical malpractice insurance and all this sort of thing. So there's, I don't know. I, I'm not going to evaluate whether he was bad at his profession um, because I don't know. There's a lot of doctors that have been sued. So I. I don't know about that. What I do know is every time he opens his mouth about anything else, it's just dumb. It's ridiculously dumb. Anyway, welcome in. It's the zip code famous Michael Graff show. It's Friday, October 23rd, 2015. This no sleep thing is really, it's just got to stop. There's got to come a point where I just have a normal decent night sleep. Listen, I've never been a big sleeper. There's only been small periods of my life where I've been an eight hour a night sleeper. Most of my life, I've been a five hour or six hour guy at most. Uh, Even as a kid, I was that way. And I've always been very functional that way. Once in a while, a nap here or there. And every, gosh, you know, 10 days, I'll have a nine hour sleep, you know, something like that. That's how I've always been. The last several months, I just I have this weird thing. I'm just sleeping in shifts almost like I, I have a somewhere in the late afternoon, early evening. I get tired at five, six, seven o'clock and I conk out for anywhere from one to three hours. Then I wake up, I'm up most of the night. I might get another couple of hours sometime in the morning, five o'clock ish, maybe. And then just rinse, repeat the cycle. And that's just how it's been going. And I don't think that's necessarily healthy. But people are like, well, you know, maybe just take something. Now, I don't know if I want to start pumping my ass full of drugs. Okay. Melatonin, maybe. I did melatonin once years ago to try and get eight hours sleep regularly. And that just didn't really work for me. Um, Maybe it's the fact that I drink uh, coffee and... I did drink quite a healthy amount of Coke Zero for a while, although I haven't had Coke Zero in some time, so I don't know. Um, We'll see. I don't know. It's one of those things. I'm trying to hopefully get back on some kind of a sleep schedule. I'm trying to balance out doing the podcast, having a life, getting outside of the four walls, uh, having a sleep schedule. It's a it's a thing, and after doing these shows, I do get exhausted because it takes about eight hours, or at least it has been taking about eight hours to produce them. We're going to see how today's goes, and uh, who knows? So that's a little insight into my life. Uh, what's going on with you? That's uh, yeah, that's a question. We'll just throw that out there. Um, <laughs> enough about me on my dumb show. Um, anyway, yeah, the zip code famous Michael Groff show. Yeah, we went through that. It's October 23rd. Um Uh, groffshow at gmail.com that's our email address it's groffshow at gmail.com that's also the paypal address for your donations to this program groffshow at gmail.com we're looking to uh, make some studio upgrades here which will definitely help streamline the process of this podcasting stuff so groffshow at gmail.com on paypal send money thank you um michael groff on twitter michaelgroff.com for everything else Michael Groff related and it does appear and I, I hope that this remains but it does appear that when you subscribe now when you if you hit the subscribe button on uh, on the site that the email will actually send to you whenever there's a brand new show posted. I tested it the other day I literally I was playing around with this feature for probably three hours to get it to work. I finally got it to work and I think I think we're good I think you'll get an email notification if you're on the subscribe list every time a brand new show is posted let's hope let's hope that actually now works I don't know Uh, you might have to check your spam folder though so keep that in mind as well but it should be (laughs) the old famous line it should be working which is what tech support always says to me whenever I call them "Uh, yes it should be working sir yes okay thank you uh, Haji um, no, my name is Bob Parker. Yeah, sure it is, dude. All right. And so what else is going on? Oh, I was out on Wednesday night. It was a beautiful night. Once again, here in the desert Southwest, it's just about that time of the year where the weather is picture perfect. It is the nights, the days are still kind of warm. Well, at least some of them, although Wednesday was just, uh, it was like 78 degrees on Wednesday. It was perfect, perfect. So I went out with my friend and his girlfriend. We went over to Oso, had a nice time. Uh, man, just hung outside. It was perfect. Although, they had some dogs outside. I didn't... I, I guess it just slipped my mind that they allowed dogs to sit out on the patio there with people. And I'm... I, listen, I love animals, don't get me wrong. But I'm also allergic, so um, I, I did start to get a little congested after a while. But whatever. Still worth it because the weather was beautiful and... Uh, good company also got to watch the Cubs Mets game, game four NLCS, man, the Cubs way to show up for that series guys. Um, it was a sweep of course, it was the ultimate sweep because not only did the Cubs get their ass kicked, but they never had a lead at any point during that series, 36 innings of baseball, not one lead for the Chicago Cubs that entire time way to really put it on there. Um, I really um, people were talking to me I've had this discussion now a couple of times already but don't you just feel bad for Cubs fans people say and my answer is they haven't won anything since 1908 it's been 107 years since the Chicago Cubs won the World Series I don't feel bad for Cubs fans because imagine going to a restaurant and 107 consecutive times you go there you're served lousy food you are treated like crap and it's just a terrible unappealing establishment for the most part yeah, every once in a while they give you something that's halfway decent they they give you a fillet but then they burn your your steak fries or something you know they they do something right they spill a glass of wine all over you So that is the Chicago Cubs. For 107 consecutive times, they serve you crappy food, crappy service, and yet you continue to go back to that restaurant and even have the gall to complain about it, even though you know every time you go back there, it's going to be the same old story once again. No, you wouldn't go back to the same restaurant that did that to you 107 times. You probably wouldn't even go back twice. So why do you continue to root for a, a lousy organization that has proven, generally speaking, throughout the years, they have absolutely no clue what to do? And I know, I, I've heard it all before, Cubs fans, this year, they're like, oh, wow, we have amazing young offensive talent on the team. And they do. They have some good offensive talent. Although, having that Schwarber guy in the outfield was was hilarious. He should be uh, catching. Uh, the Cubs defense is actually just brutal. It is not any good, especially... Uh, that that side of the infield, oh boy, that is uh, that's not that right side of the infield is not good. So they need to do something about that. Uh, nevertheless, the Cubs uh, they may have promising young prospects and promising young talent, not just prospects but actual talent in the on the major league level. Problem is, we've seen this before, right? Hell, just. Uh, Twelve years ago, 2003, they had Mark Pryor, Kerry Wood, Carlos Zambrano. Remember, they had all these guys that were going to be um, promised that were going to be good pitchers. Then that, like Ryan Dempster, was supposed to be good. That all these guys, and they still had Sammy Sosa. That was toward the end of his career, but they still had Sammy Sosa. They had Derek Lee. They had uh, they had Aramis Ramirez. They had all these guys that were supposedly at least. Decent players, not good players, and they had a core nucleus of uh, of talent to build around. Uh, pitching talent, which of course you need, and uh, well, how did that work out? Well, how that worked out was Wood and Pryor got injured all the time, and Zambrano was too busy taking out Gatorade coolers in the dugout, um, and he just melted down, and it just never worked out for them. Hell, they didn't even go back to the playoffs until 2007. They got swept by the Diamondbacks. So the Cubs have been woeful for 107 years. Yeah, they had a couple of times. They went to the World Series a few times, but they haven't even been that back there since 1945. So I'm going to believe it when I see it. Sorry, guys. but uh, So I don't feel bad for Cubs fans. I just don't. And I don't feel bad for any fan of any organization that shows you that they are not committed to winning constantly. The Arizona Cardinals were that way for years. The Arizona Cardinals never spent the money. They never, even if they got a, a a coach or a general manager who had a clue, they either fired him, didn't keep him around long enough, or they gave them they gave a coach the wrong coach too much power. And Buddy Ryan, remember that. So it's one of those things where they were a terribly run organization for many many years. Finally. They turn the reins over to uh, Michael Bidwell, who's certainly smarter, and they dis- have started to move in a much better direction. They have shown at least something of a commitment to winning. Now, I'm not going to buy in until you know they might actually win something, but at least they're doing something that shows an, uh, a commitment or at least some type of effort toward winning. They got a new stadium. Uh, a lot more revenue, they're actually spending money on guys, they're actually trying to keep guys, they're actually uh, going out and getting free agents, they're drafting better, so that's something to keep in mind. The Cubs, on the other hand, you know, a couple of times they've spent a lot of money, but just on awful, awful players or just made terrible decisions financially that blew up in their face. And sure, every baseball team does that, every sports organization does that. Guys take chances on the wrong guys all the time. You know, the San Diego Chargers got Ryan Leaf, and they thought he was going to just be amazing. And how did that work out? How did Michael Candy work out in the NBA? Now, I understand those are draft picks, and anybody can have a bust of a draft pick, but there's lots of free agents. Darren Dreifert, that didn't work out. Uh, uh, Mike Hampton, Danny Nagel. A lot of guys that got signed to these big contracts over the last 15 years, That turned out to be bust. Uh, You could even make the case, Alex Rodriguez, for as fantastic as he has been occasionally. Let's be completely honest. You paid $300 million for the guy. He sat out over a year, almost two seasons, because he tested positive for steroids, uh, performance enhancers. Uh, He missed some time elsewhere. The guy has never been a big clutch performer in the postseason. You spent $300 million for the guy. You could make the case that Albert Pujols has not been the same player that he was back in St. Louis even. You know, so there's a lot of times you just overpay for guys. So it's not just the Cubs that do it. It just seems that the Cubs are the team that does it the most. I don't know. Whatever. So the Mets are in the World Series. Uh, Murphy had an incredible series. Six Home runs in the, in, uh, in the postseason so far. Um, a guy that what he, had, he doesn't even have a hundred home runs in his career in over nine hundred games that he hit six home runs this postseason so far. Six well, actually no, he has seven home runs in this postseason. Six consecutive games of home runs. Of course, that's phenomenal. That's never been done. And then uh, Duda had five RBIs in Game Four. So you have a lot of guys stepping up on this Mets team that you just wouldn't have expected. Plus the pitching staff's been great. I was watching a Mets nationals game probably in May, and I seem to recall that in the first inning the Mets had three errors or two errors and one that should have been called an error. And they were they looked hopeless. They looked terrible. Uh, actually, through the first hundred two games, they were fifty-two and fifty. So this was not a team that was just blowing everybody else out of the water. But they pulled it together. They've rallied. Uh, they got hot at the right time. And of course, playing the Cubs in the postseason that always helps you to improve. So they uh, they have played sensational baseball lately, and obviously they would be favored whoever they play in the World Series, whether it's Kansas City or Toronto. I do hope for a Royals-Mets World Series, even though I would have never have foreseen that at the beginning of the season. Maybe the Royals, but the Mets, I, no way I would have foreseen that. Um, if they played Toronto, Toronto is just basically a, um, the American League version of the Cubs. Um, not in the sense that they never win anything, but in the sense that uh, they live and die by the home run. So, I would sort of think that the Mets would be able to handle them very easily. Good pitching beats good hitting, generally. All right, so that's the sports recap. American, or uh, the, let's see, the World Series starts on Tuesday. ALCS game six tonight. So I'll be checking that out. All right, we'll take a break. I have a lot of other stuff to get into. A lot of stuff still on my desk from the other day, including CNN. CNN is just, is there a news outlet cable news network news online news is there any news outlet that's just more out of touch than CNN I'm starting to think no hell even Brian Williams and his lies over there on NBC or MSNBC I I would put more credibility into him than I would at CNN at this point we'll talk about that coming up and a lot more it's the zip code famous Michael Groff show zip code famous you're kind of creepy i think this may be a stupid idea (laughs) michael groff show the old saying, never talk about religion and politics in social situations. That's always been a statement that I've balked at throughout most of my life. This whole show defies that notion, really. Well, we don't really discuss religion here, but we certainly do discuss politics. But maybe after 37 years and a lot of frustrating conversations later, um, I'm starting to sort of understand why that advice exists and why that's actually fairly solid advice to give. I um, I don't want to come across, I, this is not targeted at any one specific person, but I just have to tell you, I um, am going to start curbing my political discussions with people, I think not entirely stopping of course not there are some people that i can have perfectly reasonable discussions with but i have definitely come to the conclusion that there are just some people that you cannot have any sort of civil discourse with on any level well not not necessarily it always starts out okay everything starts out with the very best of intentions but then eventually what happens is is that it, the discussion inevitably devolves into either ad hominem or it just gets to a point where, well, you're going to have your position, I'm going to have mine. No matter what I say, I'm not going to change your mind. No matter what you say, you're not going to change my mind. And even though I'm willing to listen to you and even though I have an open mind and I'm hearing you out, you cannot afford me that same courtesy. And this is there are people in my life that are like this and understand that this is not an attack on anybody, it, it, because if you're in my life on anything above an acquaintance level, there's a very good possibility. Well, it's you can take it to the bank, actually, that I think you're smart. You either have at the very least baseline to know me. You have to have at least a slightly above average IQ, if not all the way up to genius level, which there are a lot of those type of people in my life. The problem is that just because you're smart academically or just because you have a a good brain in your head does not necessarily equate to excellent politics, excellent social skills, excellent ability to open your mind to something different. And that's why uh, sometimes I have a really difficult time uh, having a political discussion with some people because and listen I understand some people probably think the same thing about me but I have to tell you I have really done my best over the years especially the last several years to really try and at least listen and hear out somebody else's ideas now there are just some things I'm not going to listen to you about There, there are there are a few things look if if you think uh, that we need to, uh, you know, if you're one of these affirmative action people, you can just take that to the parking lot. Okay. I'm not going to listen to you on it. It's just not going to happen. I don't believe in, uh, I don't believe in that kind of thing. I don't believe in reparations. Uh, I don't believe in, um, <clears throat> you know, there's certain things I just don't believe in. And I, you know, I don't believe in, uh, a, a only a traditional marriage. Like you, you have to be open-minded, man. You have to be. Like if you're going to be one of those people that says, "Oh yeah, um I'm <clears throat> I don't think gay marriage should be allowed, should be legal." Uh, that I'm not going to that's just a topic I'm not going to hear you about. I'm sorry because you just there's no argument you could possibly make that is going Now, if you want to say, hey, I don't think it should be legal because I don't think government should be involved in the marriage business, period, then I'm willing to listen to you on that. But if you're just going to say, no, I don't think them fags should get married. Well, you know that I'm just not going to hear that out. So, yes, there are a few points where I'm just not going to listen. It's and it's not to be disrespectful. It's just that, well, frankly, you're an idiot. But I'm not talking about that anyway, because nobody I know has that type of opinion. Fortunately. Which is why I again go back to the idea that everybody I know baseline has above average IQ, and some people are way above average. Okay, so where we're at here is I just have to I just have to take a step back and decide that there are just some people that it's just not worth getting into because what ultimately happens too is you start to lose respect for one another, and uh, I, I just sometimes can't fathom that people think the way they do with regard to certain issues now i know that other people think the same thing about me and in fact that very topic is brought up in the comments on my website somebody you know the guy james that used to be on the show from time to time he rips me a new one unceremoniously well here uh talking about climate change and he says well, you know mike for such a smart guy i can't believe that you just don't Believe in man-caused climate change when all but about 3% of the scientific community, blah, 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 you know, that whole thing. Look, uh, I don't want to get into it because I've laid it out so many times on the show over the years, and it's one of those issues where there's really no winning with people because what's... um, I used to have a meteorology professor, interestingly enough, and incidentally, I have a degree in meteorology and atmospheric science, but, you know, what would I know about climate change? Anyway, uh, I used to have a meteorology professor that would say to me, you know, the, the rule is <laughs> there's, there's certainties in life. There's, there's lies, there's damn lies, and then there's statistics. And he was saying that because what happens is people will quote the statistics that they want to quote to back up their own argument. But they'll, of course, conveniently ignore the other statistics that fly in the face of their argument. So, for example, uh, when you talk about climate change, you know, a lot of people don't look at it from the... They just look at an article that goes, hey, I see the global temperature is up. I see uh, the United States just had its warmest... Uh, they had the, the warmest year it was, uh, ever, the warmest year since 1936... And I have to say, what happens is people don't understand the methodology of how some of this data is collected. For example, they don't keep in mind that a lot of this is uh, the data that we use to measure temperature is done in urban centers, urban core. And when you measure temperature over a a piece of pavement, over concrete, over steel, which is what cities are primarily made of, steel and asphalt slash concrete slash blacktop slash surfaces that hold in a lot of warmth and then radiate it back out over uh, an extended period of time you're going to get biased data and you're going to get data of course temperatures are going to be warmer because you're measuring temperature over a city over an urban core so naturally they're going to be warmer so of course, when you then average out all of those temperatures in cities across the globe, people go, oh my God, it's warmer. And of course it is, because man can affect microclimate. Macroclimate, on the other hand, the climate of the entire world, man has a, a a small pinprick effect on it, certainly. And we have more effect on the ecosystem than we do the climate. We have more effect on... The environment. We have more environmental ramifications in terms of pollution and in terms of killing off species and all this other stuff that man interferes with. But climate overall is a very self-correcting type of thing. And it always has been throughout history. Um, and of course, the climate change people are about to be in for a real shock in about 10, 15 years when the next maunder Minimum occurs, which NASA has talked about as well. In the year 2030, we will start having a or minimum and you're sitting there going, Oh my God, what is he talking about? So the sun, our sun goes through various phases. It's not just a big ball of fire that burns as hot as possible forever. It actually is a, a, a continual reaction that has different phases, different temperature phases. And it moves it. You think of it, you can think of it as a very liquid reaction, constantly fluid and evolving. So, The it does the surface of the sun heats and cools to some degree and that cooler part of the surface the sun has natural cycles that it goes in and I know I don't want to get too technical about this but a much cooler relatively speaking cycle of the sun is about to face right toward the earth in uh, the next starting in about 15 years they believe that the next ice age will come about as a result of a mini ice age. Uh, such as what was experienced back in the 17th century. So, just as a... Temperatures are really going to start to take a plunge from about the year 2030 to about the year 2130. So, all this talk of climate change may very well be for naught anyway. Plus, there are natural levels, there are natural things that occur, and, and there are many confounding variables that affect climate, such as volcanic eruptions, your geothermal reactions. Obviously, the the sun... Uh, the, you know, various uh, oscillating patterns like El Nino and La Nina and these other factors. But, you know, again, whenever I have these discussions, people go, well, renowned scientists say this. What would you know anyway, Mike? This is exactly what somebody said to me the other day. What would you know anyway? You know what? You're right. What would I know? Only studied it, only been studying it for 30 years. What would I know about it? You are abs- And this is why... I don't have these discussions with people. Because ultimately people say, well, what would you know anyway, Mike? And I'm just going to go with what the... I'm not even going to question how they arrive at the methodology. I'm not even going to question it. I saw it in an article on the internet. uh, Bernie Sanders or... Al Gore or Hillary Clinton or insert person X said that this is what's going on, so it's got to be. And I'm not saying that the climate isn't evolving. I'm not saying that we don't have an evolutionary climate and that temperatures may, uh, in fact, not be warming or cooling or whatever. You know, it used to just be global warming, and then when temperatures cool, they say, no, it's actually global climate change, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, I'm not saying that's not occurring. I'm questioning the influence of man over the entire thing and the alarmist nature. And then, you know, the problem is then when you discuss this, too, people point to politicians and say, well, these guys want to do something about it. No, they want to raise a carbon tax. For example, Bernie Sanders wants to institute a carbon tax. Okay, a carbon tax doesn't solve a problem. What it does is is it punishes middle class people because guess who pays the carbon tax the most? Do you think? Do you think a carbon tax hurts the rich people? Do you think it hurts mega corporations? Do you think that that really is going to cut into their bottom line or they're going to allow it to cut into their bottom line? Of course not. They're going to pass the carbon tax along to the consumers. So when you go to the pump, you're going to pay the carbon tax. So you have to think about this. These are things I, I just the problem is is people don't critically think and that's why it's hard for me to have political discussions with people all the time because i want and i'm not i'm not saying that james isn't critically thinking i'm saying and i'm not pointing to any one person that's saying they're not critically thinking i'm saying that when you talk about an issue you have to think about all aspects of it all sides of it not just what your favorite politician says and not just what some article on the internet says and not just what a bunch of memes that you see on the internet tell you you actually have to really delve into the topic real deep and you know there are things i don't discuss on this show because frankly i don't feel i'm in any position to discuss them you're never going to hear me talk about what we should do with social security should we Uh, Should we put it, should we invest it, whatever? Because I don't know all of the ramifications of it. I may give an opinion that says, hey, uh, you know, this sounds kind of good, but I'm never going to sit here and claim to be an expert on how to handle the long-term fiscal aspect of our social security system because I haven't really spent a long time looking into it. But certain things I'm very passionate about and certain things I am absolutely going to comment on and then when I hear other people talk about them as if they know, and I, I don't want to pull rank and I don't want to sound like I'm a pompous asshole, but there are certain things that you're just going to have to accept. I know more than you. And there are certain things you know more than me. And we have to accept that about one another. If you went to school to study uh, psychiatry, okay, if, you're a, if you have a PhD, if you're sitting there you're, or an MD or whatever, and you're talking about the effects of of some drug, some pharmaceutical drug, I'm probably going to be more inclined to listen to you about it because, hey, you went to school. I may have an opinion, but if you put me in my place about it, I'm probably going to listen to you about it because you know more than me. So when it comes to climate, I'm not saying I know everything, certainly not. But you know, to sit here and, and somebody... And I'm not going to name names, but somebody the other day actually said to me, what do you know anyway? Well, more than you is the answer. More than you. <laughs> this, this, don't worry. It's not... <laughs> it's, I, I don't get too offended by it. It's just... it's. I just think it's interesting. That's all. All right. So I got that off my chest. That is... Um, that's something, and so there are just certain topics I'm not going to discuss with people. The, the other one, I'm not going to discuss uh, the the gay marriage stuff with people because you either get it or you don't. It's okay, you know. If you don't think gay people should be allowed to get married, I, I there's nothing I can say to you that's going to convince you. You know, I'm tr- I, I can try and preach. Oh, the Fourteenth Amendment, this or it's none of your goddamn business if they get married that. You know, I can sit here and try and and shove that in your face as much as possible, but you're just not going to listen because you have your own view on the topic. So there are just certain issues I, I I just leave alone now. When people bring them up, I'm just like I just smile and nod and just say okay, whatever. And so and it's hard. That's really really hard for me to do. It is obviously very difficult for me to bite my tongue, but I am just going to have to do that from now on. And I um, I really didn't mean for this segment to go in this direction, but this is just one of those things that's... It's been bothering me for a while. It's come to a head in the last few days. Uh, so <laughs> I just had to throw this out there. And it's not directed at any one person in particular. Um, since we're reading uh, comments and emails and all this stuff, uh, this is... Um, let's see. Ken says to me, Mike, I think you're becoming a liberal. This this is what he said. Uh, he writes a whole long email, but I'll just get to, um, yeah, let's see what he says here. Um, just have to pull this up here. Says Mike, welcome to the dark side. It's nice to see you're finally coming over to our side after all these years. Uh, You've always been kind of socially liberal. And I know you've always advocated for the legalization of marijuana and the decriminalization of some other substances. But it seems that your ideas are slowly becoming more liberal. Maybe you'll become a Bernie Sanders voter? Question mark? Okay. Um, Clearly, you have wised up when it comes to at least... Examining the issue of education and healthcare reform, and stressing the notion of education and fiscal responsibility among the major corporations. Yeah, listen, I, I of course, this isn't about me uh, becoming liberal. I've gotten people are saying that I'm becoming more liberal, and I don't know really where that's coming from. I've always been kind of down the middle on a lot of things. I, I'm certainly conservative in some ways. I'm certainly liberal in others. I may have my own personal moral objections to certain things, but that doesn't mean that I want them to be illegal. You know, there's all sorts of it's you know, it's not just black and white. And this is the problem also with political discussion, is people want to paint you as one or the other, as left or right or D or R or whatever. And I have always said on this show that I believe I am just part of the common sense party. I just don't understand. Just let people put into their body what they want. If they're not hurting other people, fine. Let people own guns, fine. Uh, let's just just be uh, decent to other people. Don't get involved in other people's business. If a dude wants to marry another dude or a chick wants to marry another chick, who cares? I, I, I don't think that's liberal or conservative. I just think that's that's common sense. And then get the hell. Oh, and he, he goes on here. This is a long email, but he does go on to talk about how you're uh, speaking out against the military industrial complex, which is started by Dwight Eisenhower back in the 50s. And it's good to see that you no longer advocate for the wars, the illegal wars in Iraq and Afghanistan and the... Relentless military operations that go on around the world. Well, I will say, I have to say, I have mostly been consistent on this topic. The one area I I will admit, and I, I actually was listening to some old shows because I'm always uh, looking for some best of material for podcasts and to dig up some of the old stuff for you guys to hear. I used to be okay with us going to Afghanistan. Right after 9-11, we heard about the Taliban and the possibility of Osama bin Laden and Al-Qaeda being uh, set up in Afghanistan. I used to be kind of okay with us going over to Afghanistan. I believe that that was a, a correct decision back in 2001, 2002 timeframe. And that that's a topic, and you know, we were just talking about how sometimes you have an opinion on something without fully looking into it and fully examining the ramifications. And that was something that I had a strong feeling about without really thinking about it, really looking into the long-term implications of it. And even back in 2009, I was still... I, I was definitely more on the fence about it, but I was still kind of okay with Afghanistan. I hated Iraq. I thought that was just stupid. I hated... Uh, The rest of these Middle East is Libya and getting involved in Egypt and all this other and Syria and all the other nonsense that we've gotten ourselves into ever since. But I was kind of all right with Afghanistan, even up until as recently as probably 2008 or 2009. And I but I was always even kind of uneasy about it. But now I am just against all of that crap. So, of course, over time, I have definitely done more research and i've definitely thought about it. and of course the results because as i always say on this show it's really the results that matter the results speak for themselves and the results are that afghanistan was a disaster but not even near the disaster that iraq was and people say well we killed osama bin laden eh, i guess so what we kill one terrorist leader we killed a guy who was on dialysis for twenty years, <laughs> we killed it. We killed a guy on dialysis, and we killed a couple other. Uh, we killed a couple other these dudes, you know, these top Al Qaeda guys. Guess what? Somebody else just steps up into their place. Osama bin Laden was a terrible human being, and I'm not trying to diminish it just because you know he was old and feeble and on dialysis. But what I'm saying is, he doesn't. He represents i guess a a moral victory or mental masturbation for people but it's not the the be-all end-all that we killed osama bin laden big deal if that would have ended terrorism then fine but it didn't of course it didn't we just keep poking a stick at this hornet's nest that is the middle east and then we get surprised when we're stung so i don't know if this is about me evolving to become more liberal um because i certainly still have conservative views on certain things and i have liberal views on certain things and i'm very moderate on a lot of things and i just have my own view on certain things it's i don't know people's opinions change over time so that's i think that's where i'm at anyway i don't know maybe who knows oh and as for the notion that i'm gonna vote for bernie sanders or martin o'malley um that will be a cold day in hell Okay, just understand that that is <laughs> that is not going I am not voting for a socialist. I'm sorry. As utopian and as wonderful as socialism sounds, you, all you have to do is go back to Margaret Thatcher who said socialism works until the rich people run out of money. So that's where we're at, all right? So, you know, socialism sounds great on paper, sounds wonderful um But A, I don't know, electing Bernie Sanders is going to just be more of the same. You know why? Because guess what? It's very likely the Republicans will retain the House and the Senate anyway. So if you're going to vote for Bernie Sanders, let me tell you that you're going to literally be voting for a guy that is not going to be able to get jack crap done. All right? He says he's going to be a uniter and that he wants people to come together. And that's a great message, and I agree with him. And Bernie Sanders says a lot of things that I agree with on paper. For example, getting out of Iraq and Afghanistan and the Middle East and all this other stuff. That's great. That sounds wonderful. And as commander-in-chief, he could probably do it. Although I'm sure that that won't be the reality. But when it comes to his programs, these social programs he wants to institute, there is no way that he's ever going to institute those things. You have to understand that. There is no way. Just try. Just try to get past this... um, the, a revamp of the so of the healthcare system. Just try to get that past the Republicans. Let's let's see you do it, Bernie. I almost would vote for him just to see. If you think it's gridlocked now, just take the most left wing person that's ever been that would have ever been elected to office and put him in with a Republican House and Senate and see what happens. Now I'm almost tempted to vote for him just to see. Although that's kind of like cutting off your nose to spite your face, which I've never voted for a person just to do that. So I don't know, guys. And I'm not trying to put down Bernie Sanders voters because almost everybody I know is on the Bernie Sanders bandwagon. Literally. I can only think of maybe two or three people in my my whole life that are not going to vote for him hundred percent no way would never happen I can only th- there's well let me th- there's probably about four people I can think of almost everybody else I know dozens of people I know it's all over social media it's all over people are totally on board with voting for Bernie and they can't imagine why I'm not and I'm just telling you that the reality is just like Obama going in with all these high uh, high hopes and these w- riding in on the white horse, Not going to happen, guys. Obama had a super majority of Democrats and he couldn't get the health care plan he wanted to push through. He couldn't get half of the stuff done that he wanted to get done and he had no resistance except for his own party. And there are people within the Democrat Party that wouldn't go along with Bernie Sanders. Trust me. Because, let me tell you why. Because Bernie Sanders is very anti-corporation. He speaks very... uh, (laughs) very uh, ill of super PACs and all this other stuff, which, you know, uh, at least in part, I agree with that. Um, but there's a lot of money that funds a lot of these other corporate Democrats and they wouldn't go along with him either. So when you decide, Mr. or Mrs. Bernie Sanders voter, that you're going to step in and vote for him, understand what you're voting for is, is more gridlock. Unless you know something I don't, and uh, I would really love to hear it, but I don't understand how, you know, you really expect him to get anything done. All right. Wow. What, this has been a hell of a segment. Okay. This has been, uh, this is one of those segments where I, I know people are going to get pissed off and I know I'm going to hear it from people. And that's fine. I expect it. And I'm still open to political discussions. There's just certain people and there's definitely certain topics that I really need to just bite my tongue and say all right you win you're right just whatever you say man all right so um there's that all right we'll take a break and we'll come back we'll regroup we'll have a third and final segment i have to talk about something else speaking of something that i that's rant worthy get to that and more it's the zip code famous michael groff show for reasons unknown, you're still listening to the Zip Code Famous Michael Groff Show. MichaelGroff.com. Famous Michael Groff Show on a Friday. Uh, that would be October the 23rd, 2015. Who even knows what the day is anymore? Is it relevant? Does it matter? Oh uh, man, I'm gonna catch a lot of crap about that last segment, I'm sure of it. Alright, Show at gmail.com. That is our email address. It is Show at gmail.com. Michael Groff on Twitter and MichaelGroff.com for everything else that could possibly be Michael Groff related and you can also subscribe over there and if you do you're very likely to get an email notification every time a brand new episode of this here show is posted so I um, I hope you do subscribe and if you do that would be incredibly awesome of you I think it works. I'm pretty sure it works. It, I, All I know is in my own email, because of course, to test it, I have my own email set up, so it does work for me. Hopefully it works for you. We'd love to hear your feedback on that. Because I really have no way other than that of knowing, so. Alright, I'm just going to chill out and have the moody blues on. I'm in one of those moods. I, I just need to, need to chill. I've always liked... This song, well there's a few moody blues tunes I've always liked Some of their stuff I've found to be a little too ponderous A little too prog rock But um, ever since I was about 5 Or 6 or whenever this came out I think this is 82, 83 I have always kind of dug a few of their songs So I guess I'm just feeling a little nostalgic right now. I'm kind of in a blah mood. I think I'm kind of in for a blah weekend, but I'll get through it. Don't worry about it. It Oh, you know, you can also donate to this show. Groffshow at gmail.com is our PayPal address. So feel free to chip in with some donations over there as well because, hey, Um, Many hands make a heavy workload light. (laughs) And all those other parables. Those other aphorisms. All right. Plus, you know, the holidays are coming up. And I am trying to get a brand new computer system for this place. And I, I have a vision for this podcast. And I've had a vision for it for a long time. Actually, I've had a vision for my show for a long time. And I guess, after 15 years, it would be nice to kind of have a reality to that vision. And that is, I would really, really like to have some, well, A, some co-hosts, or at least a co-host for this show. Because off and on, throughout the years, people have dropped by. Johnny was on the other day. And people really seem to like having another voice, other than just mine, on this microphone. And I would happen to agree. Even though I just hear my own voice and fall in love, um, I... (laughs) Seriously, I would like to hear uh, somebody else as well. And I'm sure you would. And it's always cool to have different perspectives. So always looking for uh, for that aspect. That's one sort of thing I've always had in mind for this show. And the other thing is, is to have uh, maybe at least once in a while. I don't think we could do this every show. I don't think the server that I'm on could possibly handle it. But at some point, we probably just put it up on YouTube, uh, probably have a, a sort of a video version of this show, also. There would be it'd be really cool if I could have at least some video, at least even just one segment of the show. You could just see uh, the show. I don't know. I don't know if you'd really want to look at my ugly mug or not, but um, you could just sort of see us doing the show. And I just think that we could probably include a lot of stuff. I don't know. I, it's hard to. I would need somebody else to help produce all of that because as it is, I I work like seven hours on this show, but, uh, it would be really cool to have something like that along with the episodes at least once in a while, that would be kind of nice. So I do have a, a lot of visions for other things I'd like to do with the show. Also, um, sometimes, uh, if we take a Vegas trip, really, uh, go on up and, and, uh, do the show from there. And, um, I don't know. There's lots of cool ideas uh, for it, and uh, get some of the uh, get some of the people on Fremont Street involved. Well, that would be dangerous. Can you imagine? Hey, I need five dollars, man. Could you help me out, man? I just need to eat. You mean do some crack? Well, eat, do some crack, whatever, man. It's okay. Jesus is gonna... This world is gonna be coming to an end very sortless anyway. So what are the differences, you know? So that would be an exciting uh, podcast live from Fremont Street. And now... Here's Bucky the homeless guy to, t- to tell you about how the world is coming to an end and how grace, graceful and wonderful Jesus is. Yeah, that would be maybe it's not such a good idea after all. It would be interesting radio, but I don't know. I'm sure our equipment would get stolen. Uh, I love Fremont Street and I, I really do. I love downtown Vegas, but I don't know if it'd be such a good idea to do this show. See, I don't know. If we did it during the day, it probably wouldn't be as interesting because there's no interesting characters out during the day, at least not by comparison. And if we did it at night, there'd be drunks and there'd be the homeless dudes, and then the crackheads come around about two a.m. The prostitutes come by, and and again, uh, Fremont Street's great, and they keep it pretty clean. But there there are hours of the day where the eyes are not as watchful, and where at about two a.m. is the time that you probably don't want to be out there by yourself, I would say, especially down at the far end. That would be something that you might want to avoid. But I do love it. I don't know why I do, but I do. I absolutely love downtown Vegas. And I, it is actually safe there. It's just don't go too far by yourself. Okay? Thank you. You know, I don't know why the Las Vegas Tourism Board didn't hire me. I applied for a job there. I'm not sure why they turned me down, but whatever. Okay. Um, here's a, in, I mentioned the holidays coming up because, you know, I am looking to get a new computer and I would probably need the money. I, I really need the donation money because, well, the fine folks at UPS are jacking up the price of shipping. I don't know if you've heard about this. But they are tacking on more surcharges, and the shipping fees are about to basically double. Uh, they're increasing their fees to try and make up some of the money that they uh, have spent that they spend handling larger packages. So if you're sending a, a, what they call an oversized package, like a bike, for example, or you know heavier equipment or machines or whatever, via UPS, uh, they say that this, those kinds of things create traffic jams, they hold up deliveries, they slow down the process, so they're going to charge you more for those things. Uh, this is according to the Wall Street Journal. As of November 2nd, big, bulky, and otherwise larger packages will cost $110 to ship, which is up from $57.50. They're almost doubling the price to ship a large package via UPS starting November 2nd. So that's like next, about 10 days from now? Uh, Also, they are, it's not even, is it? Yeah, it's like, uh, no, it's a week. It's a week from tomorrow. All right. They're also going to slap a new fuel surcharge of 5.25%, which is up from 4.75% for ground shipping and raise uh, to 4.5% Uh, for air shipping. So there you go. They're going to be, even though the price of fuel is lower than ever. I just saw gas over at, where was this? I think Sam's club or circle K or there's some place not too far from me where gas was under $2 a gallon. So gas is going down and it's going down in a hurry. So I don't know. I guess now is a great time to put in more fuel surcharges and really slam the consumer. Hey, our uh, fuel price is the lowest they've been, 10-plus years. Let's slap on them uh, fuel charts. All right, good job. And uh, so in the cable news race, Fox News continues to be number one, MSNBC a distant second, and CNN, can they just can't find it with two hands and a flashlight. I have never seen a more inept-run news outlet over the last 15-plus years than CNN. Remember, CNN used to be, first of all, they were the only game in town when it came to cable news for a while, but they had, it wasn't just that they were the only game in town. They actually did a great job. Their Desert Storm, Desert Shield coverage back 1990, 1991 was just legendary and people still talk about it. It was fantastic, but even outside of that, they did a great job with cable news, with covering local uh, regional international news all over the place they did a a fantastic job and then it just slowly started to decay over time and fox news came along and found their niche and then msnbc came along you had cnbc you had all these other outlets that came along and they they all sort of found their niche and cnn well the product slowly started to decay and they had cnn headline news which i guess they thought that was going to be better And then that went to hell, and now CNN is just, they are dead last among cable news. They are dead last among a lot of things. I believe they're beaten by reruns of uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine consistently. So these, CNN is just having a real, real problem, and it's a brand that has been tarnished. And I I sit here and I go, I wonder what it is that they're doing so wrong. And then I, I look on their website. Because among the 80 websites a day that I look at to find news for this show, and I mean it, I go through dozens and dozens, I passed through CNN, and I saw this story, and I went, oh yeah, that's right, CNN does their best to alienate everybody. I don't know, you have to go after the younger demos, and CNN, this is a story that just shows you why CNN just can't figure it out. Headline. Video games aren't just for antisocial nerds. That is an actual headline today. I'm looking at it right now over on CNN.com. Fabulous headline, guys. Really good stuff. Then they have this whole article. And here, this is just from the first paragraph. Quote, if you think that the only people who play video games are a bunch of underemployed loners sitting in their parents' basement, think again. Fine journalistic prose, right there. And there's a video that goes along with this, and they're talking about Microsoft and Xbox. And there's a and and they sit down with uh, the former boss over there, Robbie Bach at uh, Xbox, and it's a whole thing. But it's just lazy writing. This just speaks of why CNN is trying to. I don't know what demo they're going after. I guess the that very coveted 62 year old curmudgeon. Asshole demo. You know, these least, least punks today, I'll tell you what, these damn video games, you're right, CNN. Bunch of nerds, bunch of pimply-faced, pencil-neck geek nerd punks just need to get out and hit the bricks more often. Hey, we don't have none of them damn pewters here and the old folks' home. <laughs> it's one of those things. I, I don't get why you do that. And, of course, you not only do you insult a big portion of your audience a big portion of your coveted 18 to 34 and 25 to 54 demo because people all the way into their 40s are playing video games, into their 50s. Video games aren't just for kids, all right? It's not... Video games haven't been... Uh, there are so many genres of games now and so many people that grew up from my generation that are now in their 30s and 40s that play games that just sit there and go video games ain't just for anti-social nerds anymore, I guess. Yeah, great job there. Wonderful writing. Why are ratings so low? We only just sat there and insulted a big portion of the Target demo, and then right after that, and they're also insulting video game programmers. They're insulting a multi-billion dollar industry. Do you know right now, as as I'm sitting here telling you all this and talking about this, The big League of Legends tournament. The World Championships are going on over the next, uh, well, they've been going on all month, and uh, there's going to be, in a week, they're having the finals. So, two teams, they're probably all Koreans or Chinese. Anyway, they face off against one another, and this is such a big event. It has millions of people watching it online. People have viewing parties at major establishments. They get up at five o'clock in the morning here local time to watch other people play video games that's how big video games have become that is how incredibly huge the entire industry has gotten espn2 aired uh a tournament uh, like a a college tournament of some kind on um heroes of the storm which is another MOBA style game kind of like league of legends who makes League of Legends. It's a multi... They, by themselves, are a billion-dollar company, multi-billion-dollar company. They made, I believe, in 2014, they made over $650 million. So it's a huge, huge... That game... That's one game. That is one game out of... Uh, A mountain of them and all of these video game companies. Yeah, we hear about companies like EA that are having a lot of financial uh, troubles. And there's a lot of these other companies that have not been doing well. But there's a lot of these other companies uh, and and app makers for the phones and all this. So much money is out there in the gaming industry just scattered about and just sit here and say (laughs) video games are for antisocial nerds or whatever. The implication is there. And that that's why you're so out of touch. It's not just CNN, in all fairness, that has this kind of attitude and is just this sort of blasé about the whole thing. I heard a few months ago Colin Cowherd, who used to be on ESPN Radio and is now on Fox Sports, he talked about this very issue. And he said that uh, after ESPN2 aired the, the... Game tournament between uh, on Heroes of the Storm between the college dorms. He said that he would never comment on video games. And if ESPN ever asked him to do play by play or to color commentate or to do any sort of commentary about that, about any esports, that that would be the day he walked. Well, don't worry about it, Colin, because let me tell you something nobody cares what a 50 something year old suburban yuppie wine drinking douche. Thinks about young people stuff. Okay. Nobody cares. You're not in the target demo. You're, you have no knowledge of it anyway. So I understand you only think that football, baseball, basketball, college athletics, and maybe tennis and golf are relevant. Uh, no, there's more to it than that. And as hard as it is for you to adjust to, and believe me, it's hard for me to adjust to as well. It's hard for me to accept that esports are a thing. But believe me, Colin. And CNN and anybody else, they are a thing at a multi billion dollar thing. Tangent, who owns League of Legends, they are a billion dollar company. Blizzard Entertainment is a billion dollar comp, multi billion dollar company. Do you know in the height of World of Warcraft, made by Blizzard, during the height, they had 12 million subscribers paying $15 a month for that game. All right now, fifteen dollars a month times twelve million subscribers—that what is that? A hundred eighty million dollars a month that they were making over there. That's a. Do you think the Minnesota Twins, the Green Bay Packers? Do you think the um, the Detroit Pistons? Do you think the uh, I don't know? Just name a, a franchise that's not the New York Yankees or L.A. Dodgers. Do you think that any major sports franchise is making that kind of money? Do you think that... Uh, no, of course not. I can tell you right now the value of most major sports franchises is not that huge. The Arizona Cardinals, I think, were just valued at over a, just over a billion dollars. And that's great. Blizzard Entertainment is worth more. They make more money. Uh, the eSports business is worth more. And you're just going to have to accept the fact that major networks are going to be picking up eSports contests, competition very soon. It's not just going to be online forever. What ESPN2 did a few months ago, that's just the beginning. That is just the start of eSports video games being on TV. Hell, it started in the 80s, to be honest. I mean, they used to have those shows where kids played video games against each other, but it won't just be kids. It's going to be young adults, people in their 20s or even 30s that are playing games against each other. And I know that's hard for some people to swallow. And I wouldn't watch it. I don't watch other people play games. I I play them or I don't. I don't usually like to watch other people play, even if they're the best in the world. But that's uh, a huge business. And I wouldn't snub my nose at it if I were you. And that goes for CNN. That goes for Colin Coward. That goes for all of these... All of these old curmudgeons out there who are just thinking in the same 20th century, well, it's all. it's got to be either a baseball or hockey or basketball. or. Yeah, well, you go ahead and think that way because the next generation is coming along and they're going to shove you out of the way. And esports are taking over, so deal with it. And believe me, the advertisers will want it too because the money is there. It's just the very beginning of it right now. I can't imagine going to a sports bar and watching people play video games, but I'm telling you right now, it's a real thing because they're having these events all over the country to watch the League of Legends World Championships. People are going to go and drink or eat or just to spec just to watch <laughs> watch a bunch of Koreans and Chinese people, maybe, you know, some token North American, you know, some Wow! Well, white people aren't any good. This is what another sport white people are not good at. White people are only good at hockey. Let's just face and tennis, and even that, not so much. Hockey. That's all. That's the only sport white people have left because it's certainly not esports, it's not video games. That's Koreans. That's Chinese. Maybe a Japanese player or two. Black folks are in the NBA, NFL. Hispanic people uh, rule Major League Baseball, basically. Maybe that's why Collins upset. He It's another sport that white people aren't good at. I don't know. Anyway, groffshow at gmail.com. That's our email and PayPal address. Thank you so much for listening. Michael Groff on Twitter. MichaelGroff.com for everything else Michael Groff related. Really appreciate you tuning in. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time. Good night, everybody.